Here they come, the bigwigs of bedlam, the nabobs of nonsense, the headmen of horseplay, the titans of turmoil. And now, from the Coastal Pinball Research Center and Strikem Bowling Alley in beautiful Victoria, B.C., it's Vancouver Island Pinball. Well, hello and welcome to uh, episode 13 of the Vancouver Island Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Betterlich, along with Daryl. And, uh, well, on this episode, we're doing a few different things. Uh, I'll start with the news. We've had a bunch of events in the last uh, few weeks here on Vancouver Island. Uh, up in Shemanis, we had 18 players out, uh, at least half of those from the Shemanis area. And we had five different tournaments. Uh, Jake Davidson won the first ever tournament done in Shemanis. So uh, congratulations, Jake. And for the Shemanis tournaments, the person that had the highest overall standings throughout all five of the tournaments was uh, Sean Orza, uh, the owner of uh, both Wiffle and uh, Wizards Arcade. And he won the uh, mini replica pin that was donated by uh, Daryl and uh, VIP Pinball Podcast uh, as well. So uh, congratulations to Sean. And then we had some VPLers winning the other ones. We had uh, Dan B, me, uh, winning one tournament. Riley winning one. Ron DeCastro, who ends up to be on quite a streak here, he won a tournament. And uh, Brent Hayashi won his first ever tournament. Congrats to Brent. Going further from that, uh, we had uh, our playoffs at uh, Peacock's Billiards uh, for Season 5, just wrapping up the stuff from March of 2020. And uh, Riley, Riley won that. Uh, Pinball Dave was second. Uh, John was third, and Kerry was fourth. Now, uh, in other news, we've also uh, started our latest season at uh, Powerhouse now, um, and we set a record with thirty-three players out. And Ron DeCastro, uh, the before mentioned Ron DeCastro, actually came up with a perfect night of forty-two points. And we also had a uh, celebrity visit. Uh, Julie Dorsers uh, was visiting from London, Ontario and played along. And she had a pretty good night too and uh, ended up fourth overall in the standing so far. And so congratulations to everybody. We had a lot of new players out that night and that was fantastic. Uh, Powerhouse Quasar should also be congratulated on opening up their latest arcade. So they've got three now in the city. Uh, the substation at Habit Coffee. Uh, opened on September 10th with uh, six new machines in there and had quite a good turnout uh, on that night. And uh, it's great to see more pinball locally. It's fantastic. Today is uh, Monday, September 13th, and Peacocks uh, will be uh, starting their sixth season. This is our third anniversary, and it was three years ago, September of uh, 2018, that competitive pinball was brought to Victoria by uh, VPL, and uh, it'll be great to see people out again, and uh, we're really looking forward to a good turnout tonight. And from Stern, we've got uh, news from their uh, video, that a teaser video, that uh, they are indeed doing Godzilla, the Toho Godzilla, as their next pin. Uh, I'd hoped that uh, I would have seen the distributor video uh, being from the Stern, Ar Stern Army, but uh, unfortunately that's been delayed a week, so... Daryl, uh, I think this is being done by Keith Elwin. So uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I think we talked about it earlier, Dan. I think we're expecting a fun game. I mean, it's a fun theme for sure. It's oh, the, yeah. Uh, as, as you mentioned, it's, it's the rubber suit. Yeah, it's the old rubber suit. Oh, no, none yeah. of this CGI uh, Godzilla. Yeah, I got a couple of things come to mind. Like, why uh, this time? <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. But... 
Well, I think the one thing I will say is that I'm glad that it is being done at least because they were sort of holding on to this license. Um, there were other parties, shall we say, that were also interested in the license, but Stern had had uh, gotten onto it. So I'm glad to see it actually come into existence. Um, you know, when it was just sort of being a holding on the license, that was sort of a little frustrating. So I, I think uh, we've got a bunch of stuff. We've got Ultraman as well from Spooky, you know, that sort of is in the same type of theme. Um, I, I think it's interesting times. And uh, as, as you said, I mean, Elwin has hit three home runs already. Like all three of his games are fun. Um, I know he said this one was going to be not as complex as the Avengers uh, Infinity Quest. Um, oh, that's in interesting. I uh, if you could speculate, what would you think the game would have? Well, I think, again, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a shooter's game, which is basically what Alwyn likes to do. I mean, being the type of player that he is. But I think, again, the complexity level sounds like it might be taken down a notch or two, um, which I think is probably not a bad idea. Um, I haven't actually been able to get onto an Infinity Quest. Uh, one of the players here locally, Carrie, has, and she really enjoyed it. So I, I think that there's probably a lot of good in that game, but having not played it, I don't have a real feel. On his other games, I found they shoot well. Um, and they're entertaining and, you know, you keep finding out new and new things going on. And, and I just like them to be a little more upfront. Um, I don't want too many secrets, uh, that, that always sort of, as, as a tournament player bugs me when other people sort of figure out these secret things that you're not, you know, that you aren't aware of. So, yeah, well, I hope they do a little, uh, you know, from, uh, maybe a non-player point of view, a little bit of animation maybe going on. I mean, this is, this is the ideal kind of beast to uh oh yeah uh, to animate and have some action going on oh there's a lot of ip like i mean if you think of all those movies that they did there's going to be a lot of ip that they could use and and yeah um you know it's it, it, it's always tough to know i mean i'm not overly theme based like i've never been somebody that just says yeah that that theme i gotta have the pin it depends on how it plays but i have a fair amount of confidence that being an elwin pin that it's it's actually going to play well so, well, so, yeah. we we'll certainly look forward to uh, to seeing the video and maybe reporting a bit more on it before yeah, we, before yeah. we see it. I agree. I think we uh, that might be part of the anniversary uh, edition. So, where next month will be a one year anniversary for us. So, so we'll be uh, probably chatting about that and whatever else is coming out at that time. That sounds great, Dan. Great. So, on the episode today, we've got a interesting roundtable. Uh, we had a group of people unbox a Guns and Roses limited edition. Uh, after that, we'll have uh, Daryl's tech tip of the month. And then we uh, will be interviewing Julie Dorsers from uh, London, Ontario. She was uh, kind enough to come into the uh, studio. So we uh, talked to her and about her experiences in competitive pinball, pinball design, and uh, being a tournament director. Because I watch the crowd. I watch the crowd for the other bands, you know, and like, you know, some of the metal bands, the crowd just kind of moves the fist and like this. With us, we had them doing, we had them dancing and bouncing, <laughs> clapping, different songs. They did different yeah. things. Well, hello again. You're here with uh, Dan and uh, company on the uh, Vancouver Island Pinball Podcast. And... Uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to be invited for another unboxing. This time, it's a GNR Ellie, 
Uh, we're back, uh, same location that we uh, were able to look at the Mandalorian uh, LE that we did uh, last month. But this time we're fortunate enough to actually have four other people with us. We've got Pinball Dave, Pinball Kelly, we've got Lisa, and of course we've got Daryl here with us. So folks, um, first impressions as we, as we unbox this beautiful machine. Anybody? Well, well Dan, like all JJPs, yeah, when you open the box, it, it's a great looking game. It really is. It was uh, very impressive. Great side art, uh, interesting play field. I think we spent about 10 minutes looking at the play field before we even fired the thing on. Uh, You're right. Just because it's, yeah. uh, it's kind of neat. A couple things uh, during the game, maybe not so much play, but just uh, gimmicks that I thought were a little strange that I really liked. The, uh, it'll take your picture during yes. the game, which brought much <laughs> merriment and mirth as, uh, as it snapped you and, uh, and me uh, during our uh, you know, intense concentration. Uh, multi-balls were interesting. Wasn't quite sure. Uh, lots of them, it seemed. Long time multiball balls too. We played for uh, I don't know. I think Pinball Dave had maybe a ten minute uh, multiball <laughs> session, um, which was actually physically tiring. Yeah, um, it was physically tiring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was great. Yeah, yeah. The theme really works. I mean, the uh, the music. I uh, as I made before. I have not all that familiar with Guns N' Roses. I know the classic mm -hmm. songs, the, the familiar ones, but it really works. Actually, it's a high energy game. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of fun, never boring, there was something going on. So yeah, I was, uh, I was quite impressed by it. So one of the things that uh, I found, like, you know, we've got different levels of players here too, like people that have played a little more and a little less. Um, uh, Kelly, uh, how, did you find, how did you find the first time you were in there? Was there a lot going on or did you, was it very easy to figure out where you were going or? I always just hit the ball and try and uh, listen to what you guys say. And uh, but there is a lot definitely going on there, no matter mm -hmm. what. Yeah, it's uh, it's. You find it kind of hard fun. to find where your shots like, are going, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. That's what I think. You're you're kind of thinking is where do I shoot? Where, I know because there's you're like a lot at, going on. Yeah, you're looking you at. Know where to go. Right, you're looking at so many things that's going yeah, on. Yeah. Right, you're you're trying to look at the back glass, and yeah. you're trying to look at the playing field. Then you look at there's another little uh, yeah. uh, screen in there to look at as well, right? Yeah. Then you're trying to look at the upper playing field, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you got the lights going around, and you're like, hey, what, what the hell's yeah. going on over there? So yeah, I totally understand. What but you're it's saying. got a lot of cool different things, not even in regards to the music. Um, it, a lot of different cool art stuff going on, you know what I mean? If you hit a, a certain shot mm -hmm. and it shows, you know, something really cool on the screen, which yep. I liked and, but you got to be careful because in, it took my picture and I looked crazy. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, I, I think I was in there with you. We were both sort of on the uh, prison shots or whatever yeah, exactly, we want to call them. But. Exactly. I'm like, Wow, that's kind of scary. But. I mean, full disclosure, one of the first things we did actually before we even started is we of course put it to adult mode. We weren't yes. going to we weren't going to miss being sworn at and and, <laughs> yes. and having everything else. So that was very cool, I think. Oh, and some uh, obscene gestures that we saw on the yes, screen we as well, which is not for little yeah. kids. No, so true. You don't want to put that on for kids. That's definitely. True. Well, it sort of mimicked what we usually do when we lose the ball anyway. So I mean, that was sort of cool in that in that we got a little bit of, of you know sort of Vancouver Island pinball stuff coming back right at us on the screen. So that yeah. was that was yeah. sort of cool. I think it's quite action packed, actually. Oh yeah. I really do. I'm uh, I'm shocked. What were the feelings of when you were in songs? Um, you know, the the presentation that was going on, and I mean, one of the things I found sort of cool is the longer you played, the louder the music seemed to get. 
which sort of made you feel like you were at a concert. Right? Yeah, like, like you're, when you're yeah. like you're no, got a, no, a normal volume, and then when you when you hit a concert, like when you're in a, in a song, and you're then it's like you feel like you're in a concert. The volume just goes up, 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 and up. I think that's a super good point, you guys. That you do feel like you're in a concert. Yeah. And when the yeah, light starts yeah. swinging, yeah. it does. It builds like a concert, and excitement goes up. The volume goes up. Uh, things get a little crazy. Oh yeah, it's got and the yeah. light show at the back. Like yep. The songs Which I think is a terrific. The yeah, yeah, the little yeah. roto spots that are going around the back. Oh, the roto spots. I think again, this is JJP going above and beyond. Um, one of the things. I mean, and and then the whole package. Like when we actually unbox this thing. The way it was packed was oh, just amazing. Perfect. Um, you know, you can't, I don't know that you can really go much further yeah, was, in, as far as, because yeah. everything was protected. Yeah. Um, well came protected too. Yep. Like, well protected. Like I've unboxed many, many pins and that one was well done, I got to say. Hats yeah. off to Jersey for that. And the other thing, um, just going back to the light, the light show, I think JGP always has a great light show. Mm -hmm. Like maybe, maybe the best mm -hmm. in, in, in yeah. the industry. Well, I think they definitely were the ones that took light shows to the next level. I think we can go back to Wizard of Oz for that. Like, yeah. you know, changing RGBs and all that. I mean, we all love them. But the fact of the matter is, is without JJP doing it, who knows how much further back everything would have went. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely Stern was using them later on, but, but they were second to the show. And, you know, American uses them and uh, Spooky uses them and stuff. And that, that's all great. But without JJP doing it first... Um, you know, we probably are delayed because, you know, no one else was really pushing the envelope at all. So, so this is sort of almost a culmination of what they've done. Like, you know, how they, every game they've come, come out with has sort of had some sort of new light show or artwork or whatever. Or and, feature, and, I, yeah. and I really like this whole combo of what a concert pin can be. Um, in the back of my head, I was even thinking during well, what we were playing a bit and, and thinking, you know, Steve Ritchie's there now. What happens now? Like, what band mm -hmm. is next for these guys? Um, I know people, some people are like, oh, rock bands, we don't need anymore. There, there's still a number of really good titles out there. There's a number of really good groups that haven't had something done. So I'm curious to see what comes next that way. Mm -hmm. Because the, they built a base platform here that I think really does give you concert-style presentation. I do think that they're going to have to do some rule tweaking, and that's just normal, um, you know, because I did find at times the multi balls were a little long. Um, but I think it was just the for the duration. Right. The ball saves. The ball saves the kept ball coming saves. back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the ball saves kept coming back, and, and you know, you don't move and, and, and things like this. And, and, and that's all well and good. This is our first time playing it, right? So we're going to all get better, mm -hmm. and so that's just going to be more of an issue later on. So yeah. I'm sure code updates, you know, they're trying to create a good presentation. And I can think of a number of games from Stern and from other companies that over the years, the initial iteration, you know, was nothing like the final. I mean, Spider-Man always comes to mind with me with Stern where, you know, it was Doc Ock and Chopping Wood and, and no one really wanted Spider-Mans at that time. And now they're very desirable, mm -hmm. um, you know, that type of thing. So I, I can see that too. Code is easy to change. You've got a good play field. You've got some amazing toys on the play field. Code can always be updated. Yes. You know, there's never a problem with that. I suspect going into the menus, uh, which are really deep in uh, JGP stuff, we'd find a lot of that stuff. We could probably reduce, uh, yes. increase difficulty, uh, reduce multi-balls. So yeah, I'm kind of interested to dive into that and see what happens. But again, going back, I think that the concert feel is great. I, I wanted to jump up on your shoulders and take my shirt off, Dan. I really did. Again? <laughs> I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I know, but, uh, well, yes, yeah, but they did. But this time I was at the concert. And Fair know. enough. Yes. You had a picture with Axel at the end. Yeah. It was great. Great. Yeah, yeah, the Axel picture, uh, Lisa was talking about that. She sort of knew. That, and I, I didn't know that, uh, yeah. that uh, you know, that you were going to get, and the technology was good because yeah. it wasn't just a quick little Photoshop because it reversed people. Like some people were on the left of Axel, some are sorry, of Slash, some were on the right and, mm -hmm. uh, slash, and things like that. Yeah. yeah, no, I thought I, I was with you for their bit and then mm -hmm. I realized it was, it was Slash, but I think that's cool. Like I think there's cool features. I love, and this is something that's happening in a lot of modern pinball now where they've got a lot of different champions, you know, including a daily champion and stuff like that. Everybody wants to put their names in. So it's fun when people yeah. can get their name in there and get their fuzzy picture in or their clear picture or their psychotic picture. <laughs> you know, we, there, there's a whole bunch of different pictures, um, but uh, I, I think it's fun. I, I, I just I noticed the screen flashed up a, a relationship with Scorbit. Oh, well, yeah, no, it's that's so, true too, because so all JJPs now come Scorbit based. Right. So that's Scorbit's right. in there already. That, Ooh, that's cool. What about that mode that Dave hit and it was like, it, we thought the machine was messing up? Yes. Oh, was, that was um, conspiracy or something? Yeah. It was sort of the war, the World War thing. It reminded me of that movie from the 90s or 80s, I guess, that, uh, you know, do you want to play a game? Oh, yes, War and, Games. And War, war Games. games. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it looked like, would sort of, like because the whole idea was, game? yes, would you? Yeah, no, because that's what it printed up, right? Yeah, but at yeah, first like, it looked what? like it was resetting. Yeah, like, I yeah, thought, yeah. obviously, I thought it was resetting. I was like, oh, I shit, I already shut in on that. You know what I mean? Dave had a good game going. I was really hoping for a reset but, but unfortunately you know they don't always come through oh, damn God. i mean for the first time playing like guns roses because i've heard a lot about it i'm impressed like yep. wow yeah totally Just, oh yeah wow. well I, I i definitely see where the hype's coming from oh um, for there, sure. there's a lot a lot of good stuff in there yeah yeah i think another thing too is you can tell that a musician designed it you know, yeah. like all the like yeah. simple Absolutely. bumper caps, yes. the necks of the guitars, the guitar stars, things, the, the picks. Yeah. It's amazing. And mm. I what for me what I like the most about it is when you're first playing before you get into a song, you know, you're getting their guitar riffs and you're getting those mm -hmm. things and it mm -hmm. builds up the excitement. You're like, Oh, I can't wait to get a song. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that that's and then you get a song really and then it blasts you. Oh, yeah. that's, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's like the roadies are tuning up. Yeah. Yeah. So it really does build up the, the, the hype. Great. Yeah. So even just putting your name in at the end, it plays the drums for yeah. each each letter that you go to. Right. As you're, as you're rotating really stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. So that was cool. I mean, they put a lot of thought into like yeah. every piece of it. You know. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's uh, again a good a good statement is that you can see it's thought out. Yeah. You can see yeah. that there's heart, and it's not just another piece. It's it's not the third game we're designing this year or fourth game or whatever. Yeah. This was something special. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like I say, to me, it sort of almost is like a platform now that you can use for different things, yeah. which would have different play fields and things that were more in tune to that band. But mm -hmm. it's just, it really brings pinball and music together mm -hmm. at, a much, at a much more detailed level. Oh yeah, exactly. This actually, I think I've had just about every rock pin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think yeah. this one is nailed it. Like this is the best one I've ever yeah. had, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say so too. Yeah. I mean, I played all your pins, Lisa, and yeah, all, yeah, by far, I think yeah. this is the best rock pin. And I, I played, think, to be honest. Yeah, yep. I think anybody yeah. coming in that's never played a pinball machine before and they play that, 
they're going to be like, what is this? This is incredible. I think to people that like arcade games and video games, Mm -hmm. this, I kind of felt like I was playing a video game. Well, at one point you were when you were doing the fight against the robots. Yes, but that of course, was sort I of cool. see <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. that's always going to be one of the things about the big screen. I like the big screen. Yeah. Um, I had a Wizard of Oz before and I like that. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but I do think this is a good use of it because it's entertaining for the four, four of us that are watching you play. Right, mm-hmm. so it isn't so much for the player themselves. It's great that they've incorporated this smaller screen, much lower yeah. that you can actually sort of get glances at. Mm-hmm. But it's good for the other people around, and in a commercial environment, it's good for the people that are just walking by yes. because it's like, what the heck is that? And and you know, I'm going to go give that. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go give that a look. And with even the climbing volume during the concerts and different things, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of uh, information and a, and a lot of elements in there that I think are very attractive to mm-hmm. to folks. Um, Dave, when you think about this for a location pin, I think it would make a huge. I think amount it'd be mind blowing over there. I think it'd be a great location because you get a decent game on it too when you're putting yes. it in your buck. Yeah, That's a, exactly. You're gonna get a decent game on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be great. I guess one of the things too to remember is, I mean, that's more their standard edition. That's generally targeted towards right. that, which which comes out to about 10k Canadian, which is not at all a bad price. Like, I mean, they definitely changed that. They started that with, I guess, Willy Wonka, mm-hmm. where yes. they where the standards they came down. It well, and, and they and they also started making standard bodies rather than wide bodies. Everything right, because at one point everything was going to be a wide body, but they started doing standard bodies. And that, I think that's a sweet spot for, for operators here, like that 10K. Now, you're going to miss the upper play field, but there's so much going on and there's so much technology in it. I still think that there is a, a, a really good feel for it um, that way. That way. I mean, for, the, for the long as we were playing, each, each person that was playing, mm-hmm. I think that would be a fair, you know, when you put a buck in the machine, you, you don't want to be off and on in 20 seconds, 30 seconds. No, exactly. You want a good, you yeah. want to feel like you got your bang for the buck, right? You're going to come back. You're going to come because back and play it again yeah. and right. again and again. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, I think it'd be really great on location. I well, really if, if I had one minor criticism, and you, you mentioned the mini play field, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't find that that exciting or not much going on up there, I found. No, fair enough. I think but, it's, but I think we were also not particularly trying to lock balls up there and stuff. Right. Yeah. I think as we progress, you know, that's sort of where the six ball multi-ball is. Right. And yes. we were getting credits for locks by going into the scoop. So we didn't have to put them all up there. So Dave right. got like a six ball multi-ball right. by I only putting like, one or two I up there. I think Daryl's just a little upset because he's now in second place. Well, <laughs> these, these, these things happen. Maybe, maybe that's it. A minor <laughs> bit of sadness. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I hate that many play fields. <laughs> But but I, I you know again I think this is a winner. Uh, oh, I uh, oh, yeah. you know this yeah. is a game that's going to get played in a collection often. Mm-hmm. I think it's great for non pinheads that you know that come in and yeah. like you say uh, yeah. Kelly when you were saying you know first time or just casual players yeah. they're going to get something out of it which is great and I think as as the code evolves I think the serious player will get more out of it because it won't be just sort of a multi ball thon it'll. You know, you'll you'll have it set up so that you work for the multi balls more than you're given them, um, and you know that that would be probably my only criticism is that there is a little too much multi ball action. We did interview a friend that got one of these a little while ago, um, uh, you know, a few months ago, and that was his only response to was. But his, his the 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 opposite of that is that his wife really liked it because 
you know, uh, that friend Bob was a really serious player and, and Zuzi was more of a casual player. So she was getting more multi-balls now. So there's a positive there too, and we gotta look at it that way too. It's, you know, there's different machines for different people. And so, uh, so yeah, no, that, uh, Yeah, I think I call it a feel-good machine. You know, it just yeah. comes to my mind that you, you go there, it's like going to the concert, you know, you're, yeah. you're pumped like Doctor feel-good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, but you, you uh, feel you know you're you're pumped up, you're you're happy. Oh, yeah. You want to buy the T-shirt? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah no, so very cool. Yeah, that, that, I, I agree. Well, it's cool to see like somebody on the screen, and then you see the crowd and everybody's cheering, and it's almost like they're cheering for the person that's playing that they're showing, and you're like, yeah, right on. <laughs> well, and again, that comes through with that volume increase. Yeah, like I just yeah. like that because. Your adrenaline, as you're getting more into it, your adrenaline's already going yeah. up and everything, you know, you're already tightening up a bit and then the music's getting louder and it's almost like the increased speed music of like, let's say, or sounds, I guess, of machines from the 70s and 80s mm -hmm. that used to do the heartbeats and things like that and they'd keep mm -hmm. increasing it on you and it just gets your adrenaline and your excitement level up and, and yeah. I, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's fantastic. When I saw my picture come up, I thought, boy, Slash looks terrible. <laughs> and then uh, realized what it was. Where'd so. all his hair go? What? <laughs> I think at that point it was like, what's Slash wearing a ball cap for? That's not his hat. So, so JJP, oh. one piece of advice: add some filters. <laughs> yeah, I, I need we'd some appreciate it. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I get we uh, have to give a thanks to Lisa for this uh, this yeah. uh, wonderful opportunity and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it it's fun and and to be able to do this in a group. That, that also yeah, uh, yes. just made it that much more fun, yeah. I think. No, exactly. Yeah. Thanks, thank, you for, thank you thank, for helping thank you. me set yeah. it up. That was it. It's always a huge undertaking to it's always a, set up uh, a We're always happy to come here. I'll tell you, <laughs> I mean, looking at your collection, I think I'll just sleep here. You know? <laughs> well, that was a, a really fun uh, little chat there with our, our round table, that first one that we've done, and I think we're going to do more. Um, Daryl, just uh, offhand, what were your other feelings about the game? The round table was a great way, a great venue to get uh, different people's opinions, different players' abilities, and just just the comment in the game. And I think the general consensus was, yeah, it was it was a good game. It was a fun game. Uh, lots of happening. Feel good game. Everyone got a, such a big big kick out of the uh, the photos and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, I did love the music and I love the way it played. And uh, I, yeah, I thought it was was really good. Yeah, I think we we even said it a few times during the the roundhouse, but I do sort of see it as being a, a music machine platform. Like, I mean, it's, uh, you want to tweak it for whoever you do it next, but you don't need to go very far off of what you put out there. You know, rule sets need to be tweaked, but uh, just the trying to bring a concert performance, you know, in, in some manner to a pinball machine, um, that is by far the best uh, example of such that, I, that I've seen anywhere. Yeah, you know, think of like a game that, that hits on many levels. Uh, there's the player side, and, and obviously I think you and, and Pinball Dave are sort of maybe lean, lean towards that way. Right. Of course, I look at the technical stuff, but also I look at it as a, an aesthetically nice-looking game. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very well executed for uh, for appearance, uh, nice, nice toys, and uh, yeah, and a, a good sound system, and it was, yeah, I think it was a good package, actually. Yeah, it felt like a very quality build. I, I know there's been issues, some issues with the play fields. Um, that's got to be addressed. But I think that the value that you're getting in the machine, it, it, it feels special. Like it felt like a special machine. And, uh, and I'm appreciative of that when it doesn't seem cookie cutter. Um, you know, so that uh, it's a good step forward. I'm always curious what's coming next. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a great time with it. Happily to, happy to play it again and, uh, and get a little deeper into it. 
but we saw really good results for you know uh, beginner or intermediate players and uh, that's great as well um, when you can see them getting to multi balls and doing things as well I, I, I think, I that's, think a that's a idea. sign of a really good machine when it when it covers that whole spectrum of uh, you know yeah. beginner players all the way up to really experienced players and you can still get more and more out of it yeah I guess one of the things that we hadn't really checked in you know was was there different modes that we could have been running and you know going again to this whole uh, uh, cooperative modes or different things like that. I mean, I don't know that it was a game that sort of lent itself as much to that uh, as something like The Mandalorian did, but um, I just think it's something that should be involved in most machines. Just give us different things. Give us teams. Give us different things that uh, that allow the game to to show a bias for or against certain players. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think I'd like to definitely get back and explore some of the menus and the options and, and, and see where that goes. I think it's a kind of game that there was so much going on. It was kind of like a, the wall of sound and, and the, the visual uh, effects going on. It was a bit bit hard kind of to follow, uh, for me anyway, to, to plot what exactly I had to do to uh, <laughs> to remember very much about it other than I had a great time. Maybe maybe that, yeah. that further is the concert experience, right? But you know what? That's Yeah, yeah that's bang on because it, it, the fact is you don't have to do that. And that's more for later you know the fact that you could have that much fun without knowing what you're doing and and you know anytime we're opening something new out of box is obviously there's even a little more excitement involved in that because it's just it's new you know it's fun um but yeah it's uh a, a lot of really good things there i'd say yeah i'd love to get back and, and play some more we will for sure your machine is broke you're losing your grip might be time for a day Well, I'm ready to start our Tech Tech segment today, but I wonder where Dan is. Uh, he's usually right on time. It's not Senior's Discount Day at the drugstore. There's no two-for-one canned goods sale at the supermarket, so strange he's, he's not here. Anyway, I better start today's exciting segment, Sloppy Pop Bumpers. What up with that? Ow! Ow! Dan, what happened to you? You look awful. I don't want to talk about it. Now, Dan, you know, this is a safe, non-judgmental place. So what happened? Well, I wanted to change an LED bulb in, on my game to a fuchsia one. So I pulled out the glass and dropped it, and it broke all over the place. My God, is that how you got that cut on your head? No, the play field fell on my head when I lifted it up. Oh, well, that explains a flipper solenoid dent on your head, but, but why is your hand shaking? Well, when the play field was falling on my head... I grabbed underneath it, and I got a shock from the wiring. Wow, that sounds painful. Well, it doesn't really explain why you're limping, though. Well, I was so mad after all of that that I kicked the machine and hurt my foot. Well, you know, Dan, I think I'm going to change today's topic based on this. Uh, let's talk a bit about the safety when working on a game. I think I see stars. Well, first off, uh, learn a safe way to remove your glass. Uh, most playfield glass is tempered, so it will shatter into many tiny pieces if the glass takes an impact on an edge. When you remove the lock bar, be aware that the glass may slide out on its own, so be prepared. Make sure you have enough room in front of the game to slide out the glass fully, and don't flex it when you're sliding it out. Make sure you grip it firmly on the sides. I often like to slide it out and reset it on my shoe before setting it down finally on a soft surface like a carpet or cardboard. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Uh, yeah. Another hidden danger you discovered, Dan, was the playfield dropping. Good thing your head is thick, Dan. Uh, many playfields have a lift support that lifts it to about 45 degrees, and then a second position that is vertical or beyond. Others just have a vertical position. 
Fusing the lift support, make sure it's solidly in place and not broken or weak. I see a lot of them that the uh, the lower bolts are falling out or they were really kind of stripped out of the cabinet. Uh, it can be really dangerous. Uh, exercise care not to stick your head under the field unless you absolutely have to. Uh, and when lifting to the vertical, remember to remove the balls first. Uh, something a lot of people forget and they come crashing out uh, all over the machine, sometimes damaging plastics. Not pleasant. And uh, also know that these, some play fields can be really heavy, especially on new games. So uh, get help if you need it. Uh, just just be generally very careful when you're uh, when you're lifting it up to work on it. Also, when you're on the vertical playfield, uh, I'll often take the precaution, and this is something I've done more and more lately, uh, of strapping it up with a ratcheting tie strap just loosely to the back box uh, to the back box, so it can't actually fall if the machine is jostled. And I've seen it happen quite a bit where the playfield actually will will fall down. This prevents it from happening and can really uh, save a bit of pain. I'm a pinball wizard. <laughs> Yeah, you are, Dan. Uh, next, also be aware of electrical safety. Uh, turn off the power to the game. I can't stress this enough uh, when working on it, if possible, uh, unless you really need to troubleshoot. Uh, don't reach under the play field with the power on. Uh, the coil voltages are around 75 volts. And that'll give you a nasty shock. You'll, you'll really feel it. It's quite easy to, uh, to do. Reaching deeper in the game can also expose you to uh, full household power. Uh, this actually happened to me once. Uh, I reached in the far back to grab something and got a nice zap off the uh, the incoming power line. Uh, so remember to unplug that game if you're working on it near any of that power switch, uh, the transformer, or anywhere you think the, the household power comes into the game. And in addition, changing lamps or working on a live machine can really damage components and electronics. It's very easy to short something out with a, with a tool or move something to a, a bad spot. So protect yourself and your game. I think I think I'm back now. What else should we be careful of? Well, that sore foot of yours, Dan, brings up another great safety lesson. Accidents in poor work can occur when we're tired, frustrated, or just trying to rush. Um, games can sometimes be frustrating to work on, but remember the hobby should be fun. You know, take a little bit of a break. Uh, don't work till you're, you're tired. You will, that's when you start being sloppy and making mistakes. And uh, leaving it to another day is a good idea. Well, I'll try to remember for next time, Daryl. And thanks for the tech tip. Well, hello again. It's uh, Dan Bitterlick here with the Vancouver Island Pinball Podcast, and today we are very fortunate. We've got a, uh, a semi-celebrity here in the uh, in in the studio. Who's come out from Ontario? We've got Julie Dorsers here from uh, London, Ontario. Um, I've known Julie for almost ten years now. Uh, we've met, uh, I guess, initially uh, with the uh, London Pinball Leagues, which she's very involved in. Um, and then I got some of the backstory later on, and uh, we're going to go over that in a little while. But uh, first of all, uh, Julie, welcome, and uh, how are you? I'm doing really well. I'm on vacation. It's the first vacation in almost two years. And uh, the last vacation I was on, I was at the Pinball Expo. There you go. So, okay, so. Uh, I, I really needed a vacation. And I was supposed to come to BC last year mm -hmm. uh, for my 50th, believe okay. it or not. And uh, we postponed it because of the pandemic. Right. So we decided we'd come this year. And uh, it's beautiful. I'm having a great time and it's beautiful. It, uh, I have to concur. I mean, we, we definitely plug it incessantly and um, still no government money. I try. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, we're, we're, Daryl's here, of course, with us. And uh, we're both very happy. It's been five years now for me and uh, I'm not going back. So, um, yeah, Pinball and Julie, um, I guess I want to start with 
the story of you going to Expo in the 90s on your own, <laughs> which to me is just wild because I was one of the, I thought, early people for sort of the people that were newer to the hobby when I was going in the early 2000s. But uh, you in the 1990s, how did that even happen? So I stopped drinking probably um, when I finished college because I found I was almost allergic to it. Okay. So I drank and I'd, I'd uh, get very sick right. all night. And after you do that a few times, you decide maybe that's not for me. Sure. So I was always the designated driver. Okay. And uh, we would go to this dive bar called the Brunswick Hotel in London, Ontario. It's no longer there now. But uh, they had a Star Trek Next Generation. They had a Rocky and Bullwinkle. They had fishtails. So they, they would cycle these games through. Okay. And I would always play them. And the Star Trek, that's how I got my nickname, Janeway, was because I was playing the Star Trek Next Generation and I was really good. Oh, wow. And the, my buddy started calling me Janeway. Okay. But there was a guy there, Rob Knoll, who actually is in the London, Ontario sure. Pinball League now, who yep. is a huge collector. And we would play together and uh, my buddies would be, you know, drinking and having fun. And I just play pinball. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, you know, there's a convention. I'm like, uh, like a pinball convention. And he said, yeah, it's in Chicago. And this was pre-internet, right? right. No, but nobody knew. Sure. Right. So I was like, really? And so I think I had to call to get tickets and I found like, I think there was internet, but it wasn't high tech. I had to borrow somebody's internet or something. It was really early on. And um, he said, yeah, you can go and they have games on free play. I'm like, you can just go and play pinball? <laughs> oh, that's too cool. Yeah, no, I know. And then the quantity, I'm, I'm assuming too, because this is when it was, I guess, more of an industry show. It was much more point. of an industry show. And I had no idea. And... <laughs> Uh, what happened was I said, well, how far is Chicago? And he was like, oh, it's six hours. I'm like, well, I could drive there. And so I just kind of said, I'm just going to drive there. And so <laughs> I got lost. Fair enough. And this is before GPS. This is for the, <laughs> so I got lost and I stopped at a gas station and it had the, the glass, oh, you know, yeah. barrier. And he, and the guy looked at me and he said, go back on the road <laughs> and go down this road. I went, okay. <laughs> there was a time of innocence of it. I've made a number of trips into the States in the nineties and uh, yeah, there was uh, definitely Canadians that were totally unaware of, of, of inner cities and things like this. So uh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I, I got, you know, and I was just like, Oh, I guess I'm not in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> so I made it to the hotel and I was very proud of myself for mm -hmm. finding it because Actually, I think I had maps printed. Sure, paper maps. Yeah. yeah, like I think you could go to CAA and get them printed or something like that. Anyway, so I get to the hotel and I, you know, it's this, it's in the big room, and there's people selling parts. I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about that. But then there was all these games, and I remember playing Big Bang Bar. Oh wow! And the probably the guy who owned the game, he said, "Do you like pinball?" And I was, "Yeah, I love pinball." And he was like, I have 20 games in my basement. I'm like, you have 20 games in your basement? I was just blown away by that. Sure. You know, I'm from a small town, a farm. Like, yeah. I'd never seen pinball at somebody's house. Um, 
And then I started to notice, hey, there's not very many women around here. That is very true, yes. Especially so, in the 90s, yeah. Um, I ended up meeting some of the Dutch pinball players, and they gave me a t-shirt. Okay. And uh, I kind of partied with them, and I met some fellow Canadians, and we did the... It was at the time a Williams tour. Right. And so I got to tour the factory. Oh, nice. And it was... They were making the... Um, the Pin 2000. Okay. Which actually was kind of their demise, It was right? the end, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I had a great time. And I was like, this is awesome. And I think I went into Chicago, like proper, right? Because sure. it's on the outside. Yeah, it is. Exactly. And I went for like an afternoon. I was like, oh, I don't care about this. I want to go back and play pinball. Well, so it was fun. Well, that first show is always an amazing experience. It was Allentown for me. And a uh, very similar thing where... I was just like eating eating up pinball the whole time through. But I was already, by that point, I had the advantage of the internet. And, you know, it was sort of a shot in the dark, Mary. And I went down there and she took the car off and went shopping. And I spent eight hours on my feet, you know, going from game to game to game to game. Because there were titles that I had seen or heard of, but there were so many that I hadn't. Because I hadn't been that active sort of in the 90s. So a lot of these were brand new to me. And uh, it was it was a great time. No, it's it's neat. Well, and I listened to your last, when you were talking to Mike from mm -hmm. the Church of the yep. Silver Ball, and they were talking about the Spanish titles. Yes. And some of those I've actually seen in Ann Arbor. Oh, you're talking Spanish or Brazilian? Which one? Um, Spanish. There are Spanish. They're both. Like, they, they both yeah, existed. They're so, very, yeah. very unique titles that were okay. kind of re-themes. Yep. But, you know, and you're like, I've this is so uncommon, right? Yeah. But, uh yeah, um, the Ann Arbor place has a lot of those. Right, that's the, uh, uh, was it? The Pinball v Museum? Yeah, VFW, in yes. the old VFW building. I haven't made it to that yet. That's uh, Clay's Clay's uh, location, and uh, it's, I think it's only open a couple times a year. Definitely now with banning shutting down, I think that that's going to become a, another major draw, um, you know, because there's fewer and fewer places that have this quantity where you can see all these different machines that... Uh, that you know that you just can't see in 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 collections it's just people don't collect them in general so those places are, are huge for that well and i wonder if we don't collect them because they're harder to get parts for mm -hmm. you know it's harder to fix them because you know you the manuals probably aren't as easy to find yep i, I think um, both of those are true the, the advantage is that we're in a day of the internet where i mean if you were trying to do this 20 years ago with machines with hard to find parts, you were really left to, you know, uh, collectors magazines and things like that. And really like a slow response time. Um, so there's a bit of that. Like I know with, um, some of the stuff that comes out of Brazil, the Tato stuff, there are groups that can help, you know, but getting exact parts, that's, that's difficult. Often, often you're fudging, you know, you're taking other parts. Daryl can sort of speak to that sometimes where you're, where you're taking parts that aren't really meant for that machine and you're just making it work and, and it'll work, you know, but it's no longer stock, uh, you know, but it's more important to have the machine running. Um, so that, that, that's your first experience with a show. Um, you've, you've done a number of things that not a lot of people have done. Um, I've tried doing a lot of that. I did a podcast, run some leagues, um, you know, help with pinball shows. I've done different things to sort of challenge myself You've, um, one of the things that you're known for is, I believe you won Best in Show in Allentown for a pinball machine, uh, for a retheme. I didn't win Best in you didn't, Show. You didn't no, win Best in but, Show? No, okay. but, so what happened was, 
I brought the Wonder Woman game there. Right. And it was just kind of on a whim that my theme was Wonder Woman. And then I played in the women's tournament. Okay. And I won. And the trophy was a Wonder Woman oh, trophy wow. <laughs> that Mrs. Pin, right. from Mrs. Pin's yep. Pinball Podcast, had yep. made. And so it was just so, like, serendipitous, right? That's so so cool. um, it was great. Where did the whole idea of a retheme come from? Like, where, where, what got you into that? So Michael Todd, who owns Speed City Records, mm -hmm. he had, um, I think it was an Eldorado okay. that he rethemed into Speedy Punk. Okay. Right. So they made it all a punk theme and they actually put my picture in it, which oh. was because it was like yeah. kind of the, the Allentown crew that okay. I went with. Um, and, you know, Corey Cook and Milkman. I don't know if you remember Milkman at all. Anyway, he hung out with Speedy and okay. they're they're all kind of a gang that hangs sure. out together. But so they rethemed this this Eldorado. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that didn't you know, that didn't seem that hard, right? Because right. they didn't really change, you know, you're not changing the sound. You're not, you're just changing some plastics and painting and the yeah. back glass. Mostly, mostly artwork. Yeah. Mostly artwork. And Kyle did it, who okay. was part of our league also. Oh, all right. Uh, Kyle Pern. Yep. Um, so they had, there was this game, Electronimo, mm -hmm. when he brought the Speed City Records game. And I was like, you know, that's, that's not crazy expensive, you know, and it is a solid, like it was a good game. Right. And so I had Corey look at it and he said, well, you need this, 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 and this, and this, and this. But I was like, well, but that might be fun, right? Like. <laughs> no, no, it might be fun, right? <laughs> might be fun to put it all together. And uh, so I bought it and okay. brought it home and said, Kyle, here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sometimes you want to be the director, right? You don't have to actually get in and get your hands dirty there. That's that you've got to have the theme and know what you want to do, and and that's I actually was going to make it. it Hello Kitty. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a big Hello Kitty fan. Okay. Uh, but then I was like, I don't I don't think that's a really good theme. Uh, you know that doesn't appeal. I think it would lose its flavor after a while. Yeah. Would so I thought what would be great, and Kyle had a Superman. Okay. And I thought, you know, Wonder Woman would be a good theme. And sure. Wonder Woman's awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. And the Wonder Woman first movie had just come out. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's I remember that. Because I remember thinking, and of course it was slightly different. You did this off of the TV series and sort of the comic book. More more, more 70s yeah. uh, style Wonder Woman. I actually went uh, to Heroes in London. Okay. It's a, com it's a well-known comic book store. And I talked to them and got bought a few old comics. And sure. I actually bought a deck of cards with a Wonder Woman deck of cards. Okay. And it had really good images on it. Right. Like very, you know, crisp, which is what you want. So right. I gave them to uh, Kyle and I said, I really like these. And, you know, we emailed back and forth and talked about it. And, and then the side art, he did a phenomenal job on. And I just said, you you do whatever you like. Like, I'll give you total artist. Uh, sure. What do you call that? Uh, um, art, art, artist control, I guess. Or, or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just have fun. And it came out beautiful. Like, I mean, I've seen tons of pictures of it. I, I never did get to see it in person, unfortunately. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> um, but I think just the fact that you 
jump forward to that. We've got actually uh, somebody that you know here, Carrie, who you've played against, and she's looking forward to seeing you, hopefully. Uh-huh. Um, she and one of the other members here, Brent, are looking at doing a re-theme. They've, uh, they've been talking about it for about the last year. And um, so hopefully we'll see that come. They, they've got a specific machine that they want, and that's sort of what's holding them back now is trying to find one of those. It's uh, an older machine and trying to find it available. But I think it's cool when people just grab something new and, and go for it. And, and the results, you know, I mean, in your case especially, the results were amazing. It was really good. Well, and I think also Mark and City inspired me mm-hmm. too, right? With his Nightmare oh, Before Christmas, which is... Beautiful machine. I still can't believe that machine hasn't been made. Well, I think it's know. a lot about licensing and uh, Disney. That, yeah, I guess maybe. And, and you know what? And everybody knows, sorry, I, I know I just popped there. Um, everybody knows that Disney is is a, is a is very strong-minded in, in, and it's their IP and that's totally fine. Um, but, uh, I've played that machine a number of times and it's just so, uh, it's just sad that it hasn't been made yet. Uh, hopefully it, it's still there and it's still a great machine and it's basically ready in the box to go. Right. You know? So, so hopefully we definitely get to see that. Um, so from that, let's talk about some other stuff that you've done. You were obviously very in, instrumental with, uh, Lopal, which is the uh, London league, which sort of has gone back and forth with being the largest league in Ontario. Um, you guys have had some crazy nights of like 70 and 80 people out at a league night, which is... It's hard. Oh, oh it gets crazy. I mean, <laughs> even in our Kitchener leagues, we got to about 45 and we just had to shut it down. We just found that, uh, you know, in people's houses, and that's the same as London. Like, these are all driven out of people's basements, not out of a commercial place like tomorrow night will be. Um, you know, so there's just limits. Like, there's just... It, 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 it is difficult for anybody to do that out of their house. And... The dilemma is, what do we do, you know, because we don't want to, we don't want to turn anybody away. No, exactly. Because we, we do want pinball to grow, but you don't want, you don't want to say, oh, we can only have 20 people and, you know, and then do you say, oh, you have to be, you know, you have to live in London or you have to live in London, you know proper or yeah. or you have had to live the one time the the problem is 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 a whole thing and then you also don't want to put too much on your hosts because it's like you know it's easy for a host to say hey i'm not hosting anymore well and and we have had a bit of that like, sure they just well, they're overwhelmed yeah and and the thing is everybody's got a different comfort zone right and that's what it all comes down to and it's the same way for people that play you know some people are really into it some aren't um We've definitely had to do stuff uh, over over the history of back east and here, you know, where we've had to adjust people's attitudes some because, you know, you're in a public environment and you, you can't just do whatever you want. Yeah. So, so these these are the things that aren't as much fun, but uh, they're, they're realities. Um, but you were in there with Mike Dimas and Mark, and uh, I, I can't remember everybody. I remember you three. I was in there in like sort of 2014, I think I came down and started arranging playoffs and stuff. Yeah, Steve Verstegen helped. Okay. Oh, yeah, Steve, um, right, sure. Jeff Teolis yeah, then Jeff. became part of the executive, I guess. Yep. Uh, Sean Russell's now part of the executive. Right. Sure, Sean, yep. And uh, his collection's quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you actually created your own league um, with, with people, obviously not just on your own, but uh, Monday yes. Night League. Uh, so the Monday Night League came about because uh, Michael Todd put some games at a bar mm-hmm. and uh, I I suggested, well, maybe we do. Um, and I think it was either you, you talked about like a weekly league that had happened in 
in BC? Maybe. I, I don't know. I didn't know that much about BC then because I would have still been back in Ontario when you started Monday. There was somebody who said, oh yeah, there's a there's a weekly league. There in... are bar leagues in Vancouver that are weekly. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. And somebody said that and I said, well, maybe I could do that, right? Yeah. Like, and it'd be fun just like, and just a one-off, right? You don't mm -hmm. have to come every week. You mm -hmm. can just come when you like. Yep. And it's more just laid back and we'll try to get more people into pinball. And uh, so I started that and, you know, we'd have like 15, we got up to about 20 people some nights and yeah. it was, it was a, a regular group that would always show up and sure. it was a very, you know, we all talk and hang out. And so a social group. A and very a, social. And, and that's and, one thing that not everybody understands about leagues. I mean, I, I always explain this sort of a 10 to 25% of the people are there for competition. And the vast majority of people are there. They're competing, but they're really there to have a good time and just hang out and, and you know, get to know each other. And it allows us to socialize, um, you know, and that, that's a component as well. Well, I remember, um, do, you, do you know Walt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Walt, uh, he said that's where, that's his social time. Oh, yeah. Right? Like he said he wouldn't connect with friends if he didn't have pinball. Yep. And, and I thought that was really profound. Like, I was like, yeah, you know, it's true. And since the pandemic, I've, I've really missed a lot of pinball people. It, it startled me how much I could see it on people's faces. Um, are there plans for, uh, for local or for you guys? I don't know where it sits in Ontario now. Um, well, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the fourth wave. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're... I think once the vaccine passport comes out, I think then we could have a league. Right. Because then it, you know, the provinces set this guideline and then I don't have to deal with. Understood. The like, I don't want to get a vaccine kind of attitude. Yep. Because, you know, mm -hmm. then then it's out of my hands. Sorry, the province yep. said so. <laughs> no, fair enough. Which makes my life easier. Um, so I thought about going to Tilt. Okay. Uh, just to finish, like, because we have a league from Monday night that I have to finish off. Yep. Um, and I'll see, I'll see how it goes, okay. uh, because it's a new facility. Yeah. I was going to say that's, uh, those are the fellows that had tilt in Toronto and yeah. now they've opened up yeah. a, a second branch in London. So, so it, uh, it's, it's good to see pinball growing again. Yeah. And I, I spoke to the owner, Evan, and he, mm -hmm. he was really nice and I asked him about it and he said, yeah, sure. As long as it's not a weekend night. Cause I think they're expecting like students. And oh yeah. So, um, I've, I've actually thought about maybe starting some uh, some women's, like a Wednesday night women's something sure. or other uh, to, because I, I'd like to see more women play pinball and there's not enough. No, and it, it's important. I mean, we, we run the women's league here. I mean, my vice president is, is a woman, Haley. Um, and it's always, we've always been a big proponent of that. Um, some of our leagues run at about 25 to 30%. In Kitchener, we actually got nights up to 50%. Uh, a couple times but um you have to work on that it just doesn't happen because it's it's difficult and and the idea of women's leagues to to be sort of introductions you know that you can learn and and i've gone down and i've score kept a couple times stuff and i want to play because they're having so much more fun than the mixed league like they're just having a great time um and and that's really what pinball should be about well and i think i think sometimes women aren't they're more encouraging and less competitive yes. on some level. Yep. So I thought about, you know, if I had a women's league that I would do more like, okay, I'm going to, you have some things to learn this week yep. or 
uh, you know, tell me how you can get an extra ball on this game or, mm-hmm. you know, almost like a little bit of trivia. So they try have to try and figure something out yeah. and they learn from that. And, you know, they try to kind of get points somehow some other way. But I, I think Elizabeth uh, Cromwell, mm-hmm. who used to be part of a big part of uh, Pinburg, right? She talked about that where that's what she did. Like, so she had different things, different tasks you had to do. It wasn't just about playing a game and getting a score. It was about, you know, you had to hold a flipper or, you know, things like that. How do you figure out how to get an extra ball or, you know, holding two flippers to get, to get information on the, on the screen, things like that. I know uh, Tracy Lindbergh out of uh, Arizona. She, when they hold their uh, bells and chimes, I know they hold like sort of an informational, a practice session, but also it's informational, you know, um, at the beginning of a late night, you know, there's like a 30 minute or, or an hour long period where people can ask questions or be shown things like, you know, oh, we're right. going to play this game. Well, this is what my strategy is, or this is why I'm doing this. And, and we do that here locally. Again, we, we do things like called, uh, you know, $5 Sundays where one of the local bars will, will let us have unlimited play for two hours for five bucks. And it's, it's a dead day for them. So that works. And then we can we bring in generally only the new players. Like you know, if if there's room, we'll let some of the more experienced players play. But otherwise, it's just like okay, you're gonna now just go and shoot, and you don't have to worry about protecting your dollar because you can press play again. It's not a problem. But you're trying to take people along and sort of give them some skills that you know were expensive for you and I to learn back <laughs> back at, back back in the day when we were playing because it was like we were dropping coin. And that's part of the problem today is, is, is trying to get people. And we've got the, the location we're at tomorrow night. Powerhouse is a fixed cost one too, which is great. So that people can go in and know that I've just got this one thing and I'm not going to be done in, in 15 or 20 minutes. And it doesn't matter if the ball drains, if I'm practicing, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and I think that is part of a big part of the future because you've got to get people that are new into the hobby to, to you know, to improve their skills. And, and uh, in a lot of modern games, it's tough. Because it becomes so deep now and everything else, it's really complicated. I mean, m- you know, my day of, of just in the early solid states, pretty much that card gave you everything that yeah. you possibly needed to know. Uh, now we're watching hour-long videos, <laughs> you know, and, and in sometimes series. Like for Game of Thrones, there was five hour-long shows that you watched to try to figure out how to play this game. And it's just a different world. It, it's not by any means am I criticizing it. It's good that we've got computing power that we can do this with. But it's pretty, you know, it's pretty tough on a, on a first-time player because they're just trying to keep the damn ball alive. Well, and, it, and it's funny because when the tilt opened, I went to the, they had a soft opening. And okay. there was a young couple and they, they only hit the start once. And they're playing like one ball. And I said, you know, you can just play two player. And they were like, really? I said, just push the start twice. Yep. And little things like that, that. You wouldn't know if you've never played. Well, Wizard of Oz, when it came out, they had video running showing you how you started the machine. <laughs> like, literally, there's a flashing button that says start that's green. And we put a picture of it up on the screen because you're watching that more than you're watching the front of the cab. And that's where you got to go to start. And, and like, to anybody that's played for a while, it seems like, well, how do you not know? Well, it's not inherently, you know, it doesn't come to you right away. It, it's... It's, it's knowledge that, that's been gained by people that have played a lot. But for other people, it's not. It's, it's the same as hitting both flippers at the same time and all this yeah. kind of stuff. It, is it comes over time, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, sharing the knowledge is a great thing. 
Well, and I think of like the really old games where you have to push oh, the, the plunger two, two to get plungers. the ball right. the two different to come plungers. in yep. to get it. Like you're yep. like, you have to do a trick to get the ball in. Well, yeah. You wouldn't know that. The low, Yeah, the lower and the upper plunger. So there was one that took it from the trough, put it into the shooter lane, and then you had the second plunger that actually, yeah. And those are, God, I think that's like the 40s or 50s or something. Yeah, but there's some great games. Melody, Um, when we were talking about uh, that other episode with Mike Hanley, he had a melody in his shop that I just loved. It was just such a great game. And and it's sad because a lot of those games people just ignore. And it's like, they're so much fun. If you get the right one. There's lots of them that it's, you know, the, yeah. the, the gameplay is, is, is wanting. But there's some really great stuff. And I had I had owned a Spectrum. Oh, yeah. And Spectrum was unique because you pushed the flipper to get the ball out. Yep. And it would pop out from the from the from where you drained. Right. And yeah, no, no people would get messed up all the time. Well, that's a tough game, too. That was a very unique game in that it was basically Mastermind Yeah, um, done on a, on a pinball machine. And but it, it was beautiful. Like, it was a visually beautiful game. For sure. For and, sure. And uh, I, I sold it, but I well, played it lots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what? We've all got limitations. I brought five machines out here. I'm up to eight or nine now, and that's because there's some in the garage. Um, you know, we, we, we've got limitations. I mean, uh, it, it's just the way it is. And, and games get well loved. I finally sold my Lord of the Rings. That hurt to sell it, but now I've got an attack from Mars. So it, it works out. That's pretty you know, amazing. That's, it was, uh, <laughs> yes. I'm not upset, but I'm upset. You know, I, I'd love to have every machine that I ever owned, but, uh, we can't do that. We can't go without talking about some of what you've done playing because you can really play. Um, some days. <laughs> Well, I think we all have that. I mean, you guys keep making me put the glass back on, and that affects my whole game strategy. But but that said, um, just a couple of highlights here that I'm going to mention, and then let's just talk about some of your strategies and things. But uh, in July of uh, 2017, you uh, won the Papa Women's Championship. Um, yes. Which was really cool. I think you're still the only Canadian. Well, as you were mentioning, it was it was... It hasn't happened again since because the Papa facility closed. But I think you're the only Canadian that's ever won a women's major. Really? I think so. I can't think of anybody else that has. Oh, well. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? I, I wasn't even planning to go. So I kind of went on a whim. Just, just like Chicago. Hey. Uh, so Jeff Teolis had said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Papa. And I was like, well, I'd like to go, but I, I don't know how I would get there. And he's like, oh, I'll give you a ride. You just got to get your own hotel. So he literally dropped me off at a hotel. Yep. And so I drove, you know, he drove. And uh, I was playing in the main B division. Sure. But I wasn't having any luck. And the women's games weren't as busy. Oh, okay. So I just, I played Started them. going over there. Yeah. Sure. And I think because I played them so much, <laughs> I got pretty good. Awesome. And, you know, I, ha I had some help. So there was a whirlwind and I didn't know whirlwind very well. So I went over and talked to Ian mm -hmm. and Ian helped me out and gave me some tips. And then I went back and I'd get a better score. And I was like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. Ian slash Gamma Goat is always a good resource for yeah. rules. He, he knows games. And, and he was good because he didn't like try to give me 500 details. He's like, you need to shoot for this. And for this. Yep. And so that's what I did. Simplifying is often, yeah, I mean, 
at most tournaments and stuff, you're not trying to blow up the machine. You're not trying to get your all-time greatest score on it. You're trying to get a really, really good score. That's what you're trying to get. Right. And and so strategies change accordingly, right? Like if you're at home, it's all, it's all or nothing, right? It's just like, no, I've got to, the only way I'm getting on there is if I put up the best score that I've ever gotten in my life. When you're in a tournament, it's like, no, it's just got to be, I'm looking at what everybody else is doing and nerves come into it and everything else. None of us ever play as well at a tournament or a league night as we do when we're on our own or whatever, right? I mean, that's just a normal thing. Well, and the other thing is when you go to a pop-up facility, oh. you know, they, <laughs> they, they make the games a little bit tougher than normal. Yeah. You know, they take a few rubbers out and... Or posts. Or posts <laughs> and they, you know, there's no extra balls and yeah. all the things that we have at home. No, it's um, true. It, so... It is very true. I mean, we... I, I'm sure you've run into people too that, you know, hear about a score you put up at a, at a tournament and they're like, well, I've beaten that like that. I'm like, it's not the same machine. You know, you, you played it at home. I played it at Papa. And yeah, it's not the same. Um, along that theme, a couple of years later, um, at one of the, I guess it was maybe the second New York City uh, Championships. Yes. You won the uh, women's division there as yeah, well. Yeah, and that, that was pretty amazing too. Uh, that was actually really, because I played against some amazing players and, uh, I was really nervous about the playoffs, like, you know, and they were in, you know, they had it on Twitch and or YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so it it was just, it was a little more nerve wracking, I guess. Um, but it was a lot of fun. New oh, York yeah. is so much fun. Oh, it's a great city. It's so, a great city. A lot of distractions in New York. And and I won a little bit of money there. So well, that, that right, was too. a little bit nice. And the trophy was beautiful. Uh, it was an uh, Empire State Building with a pinball on it. Oh, nice. Magnetized it's, to it. It's got the pride of place at the, yeah. at the house now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. Oh, yeah. Very good. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. But that year, I actually did really well at Allentown. Oh, okay. Uh, so I won the women's division. At, at Allentown as well. Yeah. Right? Okay. But I, I qualified. I came in ninth. Uh, overall. Oh, in the mixed. In the, in the open, mixed. Right? Okay. And that, that actually... Well, that's a heck of a result. Because it was a big... there's a lot big, of really good people there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I lost to um, Stephen Zoller's son. I can't think of his name. That's awful. Uh, young young Zoller. Uh, <laughs> and he's a nice, nice young man. And mm -hmm. then Alex... Because the, 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 the one from Michigan? <laughs> uh, he's, I think he's from Michigan. No, he's no. from Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. The Kazerminsinski. Yep. Is that it? Is, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Alex K works for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had to play those two young guys. And, you know, they. I picked the wrong group. I got to pick because I was kind of high seed. Okay. And I picked the wrong games. <laughs> um, but that's okay. That it, it. I was just so happy to get there. I was like, wow. Like ninth is an amazing result, Julie. I mean, there's nothing. It's either ninth or eleventh. I'm sorry, I can't remember. But I'd have to it, go in. No, but it's a it, it's a very yeah. solid result. So, so I felt really good about that, and I had awesome. I was having so much fun, right? So, well, it can. I mean, again, it, it always feels better when you're doing really well. But I think it's it's enjoyable just trying to keep that in the frame of mind when you're at these tournaments. It's just have a really good time, right? You know, just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Because why take a weekend and be miserable about it? It's just like, you know, go do your best and enjoy it and enjoy the socialization. I mean, I was lucky enough to take a friend here down to the last uh, Indisc uh, 2020, and that was his first ever show. And he <gasps> just went crazy, wow. Neil. Yeah, he's, uh, and I mean, we're talking about it now because he knows that he can't do that one. So now we're like, 
okay, where do you want to go for your second show? Like, you know, and I've sort of listed a few shows that are available or, or will be available next year. I mean, we've got, actually got a show here. I should plug that, you know, that, uh, the flip out, uh, is now, um, a roving show and the very first of its roving will be in Victoria in June of 2022. So, well, I actually mentioned it to Tim. I said, you know, maybe I can come back here. It's and, uh, it's uh, a great time. June is a wonderful month. Um, it usually beats the heat. Um, you know, and, and, and being proud Victorians, anytime it goes over 21 degrees, we'll complain about the heat. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, it usually, you don't have to deal with heat here and, uh, and our summers are so dry that it's, you're pretty much guaranteed great weather in June. So we're looking forward to it. Um, we'll have some involvement, I'm sure. Uh, we don't know yet, but, but it's neat to see that, you know, so a whole bunch of people are going to have their first show being a hometown show from, from our group out here. So that's cool. That is really neat. Yeah. So it's a roving show. Yeah, that, that's that's what it's been declared as. It's now the Canadian flip out. And so uh, Nitro will run that in different locations. It was always the Vancouver flip out for its first four or five years. Um, but now it's gone to Victoria. And then I'm assuming, and uh, this isn't with any knowledge, uh, I'm assuming that it's going to sort of stay Western Canadian. I, mean, I, I uh, did buy a Mandalorian. Oh, nice. Yeah, I bought a Mandalorian Pro. So nice. I sold my Deadpool. Okay. And um, that was I, an easy sale, probably. I mean, easy from the perspective. It actually, of I didn't even it put so it up bad. for sale. Yeah, exactly. I, I I mentioned it in the like I have an Allentown thread on WhatsApp, yep. and I just asked, you know, what what should I ask for? And I had one gentleman mm-hmm. say, "I'll buy it," yep. and I was like, "But I haven't come up with a price yet." And and I came up with a price, and then he said, "Sure." And I was like, oh. I know. You know what, though? Never worry about that because it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, a few hundred either way. It's yeah. Just be happy that it went to somebody that wanted it. Yeah. Um, I had one of those as well. Uh, I had a Game of Thrones and a Deadpool out of a, a purchase that we made from Northern BC. And I'm very happy that it became the first pin of a Deadpool fan here in Victoria. And it was like, he was happy, I was happy. That's... Uh, that's what it's all about. And it it is it was a fun game, but oh, I yeah. played it during the pandemic and a lot. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I kind of know the game now. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted something, you know, Mandalorian. Well, Mandalorian looks like a great game. We've played the LE actually. We've uh, we were up at Lisa's place and we uh, we we got to play it a fair amount and uh, it's it's a really good game. I really like it. Yeah, I like the music. Oh, I like so good. you know the Carl Weathers is great yep. and uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun and uh, yeah, so I've been I play about every day. Oh, so you you've got it actually. You've got I got it. Delivered. it. Oh, good. Yeah, and That's I did awesome. an unboxing with Mike Dimas helped okay, me and he yep. did a video. Right, 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 Mike. Okay. And uh, so it's on YouTube somewhere. Yep. Um, and uh, they said, "Oh, your your partner doesn't do any lifting." I said, "No, I'm the I'm the man." Yeah. Well, uh, Julie, I want to thank you very much for uh, swinging by the studio and sharing your stories. It's uh, always great to hear about somebody who's passionate about pinball and, and you know, has been through a bunch of different things. And I think that's so cool. Um, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Dan. It's nice to be here. Cheers. As always, we want to thank our house band, but uh, Ian is actually on vacation this month. So our special guest is Mother Inferior and the Sisters of No Mercy from the Convent of Perpetual Pinball. Tech suggestions and feedback? VIPinballpodcast at gmail.com.
you tomorrow, Daryl and Dan.